0: Hello and welcome to Essential B2B Podcast, brought to you by Lead Forensics. I'm your host, Joe DiCaro. This episode is another from our webinar series, How to Uplift Your Marketing ROI Right Now. For this, I was joined by David Delaney, founder and CEO at Tenbound, who offered up some hugely valuable insights on how to uplift your marketing ROI. This is great chat, and David was a wonderful guest. So without further ado, here is David Delaney on How to Uplift Your Marketing ROI Right Now. Let me introduce this this dastardly villain to you, David. The Reaper is a spectral presence that haunts marketing departments and boardrooms, casting a shadow over marketing campaigns and initiatives. Its power lies in its ability to obscure the true impact of marketing efforts, making it difficult for businesses to determine whether their marketing investments are yielding profitable results. But fear not, because our webinar is here to equip you with supercharged ROI tactics to ensure you don't feel the cold hand of the ROI Reaper. Uh, David, my first question to you here: uh, What are the unexpected challenges or you know mini villains uh, that B two B marketers should be wary of that can silently sabotage your ROI?
1: Oh my gosh, where do we start? This is this has been an issue for so long, and people have been trying to solve marketing attribution for so many years, and we're still challenged with with uh, really being able to point to ROI. In our marketing team, um, I think thing number one is starting with uh, the the initial uh, reports that you have in place and understanding uh, the the different uh, campaigns that you're running and how they're they can be tied back to ROI. Um, even starting as small as just understanding uh, how to attach. A, a campaign to an opportunity and be mm. able to follow it through from initial prospect all the way to close uh, a lot of companies
0: don't even have have that set up first so then so what what exactly are the steps that you could take to ensure that that's you know a, a seamless or as as comfortable a process as possible for the prospect
1: yeah. I mean, well, I looking at it from the point of view of the company um, that's trying to measure ROI, I, I think, and most of the companies that I work with and are in the tech space use Salesforce or, or mm-hmm. HubSpot. Um, and, and so in Salesforce, if they're, they're starting with the opportunity right at the beginning of the conversation that they're having with the prospect, they create an opportunity, it might be a zero, you know, $0 opportunity, in the opportunity object $0 opportunity. um, After, you know, the first conversation or the first interaction that they have with the prospect, uh, create a $0 opportunity, and then be able to attach the campaign to that $0 opportunity that created it. Um, And so the campaign is, you know, created as a different object in Salesforce. And uh, and then once that campaign is attached, there's some attribution that you can see, you know, moving all the way through the pipeline. Yeah. And and what most companies don't do, don't use the, I mean, not most companies, but a lot of companies, they, they don't use the campaign object and it's not attached to the opportunity. Um, so right there, um, you know, they're, they're they're losing that that visibility into where the opportunity
0: came from. A hundred percent. So, in t- so in terms of um, if you're you're thinking about you know, the, the specific campaigns you want to be sending out to to those um target accounts, how do you make sure that those are aligned and that the campaigns are necessarily aimed for the right accounts? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so it, you know, different companies do it differently, but. If you're looking at things from an account-based perspective, and they're especially if you're a bigger company and you're trying to market to certain accounts, so thing number one is identifying the right accounts, um, obviously, and making sure that those are tagged and marked, you know, in the database, and then once you interact with them, then then being able to um, tag the account. With the campaign that, that actually initiated the conversation. And so the next step would be, okay, we've identified the, the key accounts that we're going after. And here are the campaigns that we're going to be running. Let's make sure that those campaigns are, are, you know, documented in the campaign object. And once we start to get some traction and we start to have conversations with people. That those specific campaigns are tagged, um, you know, to the opportunities that are being created, um, and so it's 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 very well okay. So if if you're a small company and you're just starting this from scratch, then it's it's easier because you might have one marketer mm-hmm. and one sales leader. So you sit down and say, okay, here are the five campaigns that we're going to run over the next year. Um, let's make sure that we have those marked in Salesforce and the campaign object. And then we'll start to execute on those campaigns. And when we get something going, we're marking it. Um, if you're a bigger company and there's tons of marketers and lots of people involved in everything, then it becomes more of an alignment exercise in making sure we're, the campaigns that we're running against the accounts are are documented and and we know that when an SDR or an AE creates an opportunity, we need to tag those those opportunities with the campaigns that we're running.
0: So it's quite interesting that you know yeah. you saying that if you're a smaller company, perhaps you're starting out or something. It's nice mm-hmm. to hear that there is something that is easier to do than when you have a big company. It's not often you hear that. So that's that's I suppose that's encouraging. Oh, yeah. I guess if you're just starting out. <laughs>
1: Um, so... I mean, you know, there's fewer people involved, you don't have a lot of legacy, you know, baggage that you're bringing mm. forward. So that's the beauty of a startup. Um, but yeah, when once you start to get bigger, then the complexity of all this that we're talking about accelerates.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Then, so, so if we were to take a cue from say Superman's X ray vision on this one, David. How, yeah. can, uh, how can really deep data insights help marketers see through those challenges and optimize their ROI?
1: Yeah, I mean, and, you know, it all starts with you want to be fishing in the right pond. Um, and, and when I say that, it's, it's, you only have a finite number of resources and people and, and, and um, abilities, you know, to throw at the problem. And so you don't want to be spending time in the wrong accounts um, and marketing to the wrong accounts, especially if you're going after mid-market and enterprise accounts. Um, you know, you you have to make sure that thing number one is you have a very clear target um, account list and a very clear uh, target persona list of who at those accounts could potentially be involved in the uh, evaluation or decision-making process of your of your uh, product so you start there and so to your question where does data the data comes in is there's so many resources now for finding that ideal uh, customer and the ideal persona and then also um, finding intent of when the somebody from that account or or that particular person is actually looking into a solution, getting that data in and being able to use it to to better target your marketing efforts. So that that would be and again, if you're a small company starting out with this, then you have to just start with here's our hypothesis of what we think are the best accounts and the best people that would, yeah. would buy it, start testing that. But definitely if you're a bigger company, you have more resources than getting more you know, uh, fancy with the, all the different tools that are out there to help you do that.
0: I imagine, so basically, David, I'm, I'm going to segue into something that I'm asking everybody at the minute because obviously the conversation this year has all been around AI. And I'm asking mm-hmm. pretty much every webinar, I guess, that I get, what are the applications of AI in the particular topic of conversation that we're talking about? And, you know, when data comes up, that's generally where people offer up, oh, well, you can use AI tools to help you sort through all the X, Y, Z. Are there any other AI tools or applications that could help when you're you're trying to you know make sure you maximize your ROI
1: Yeah, I mean looking at it from a high level ai the the AI that we're usually talking about with marketing and and sales is uh, looking at large language models and trying to take unstructured uh, and almost like a uh, an ocean of data. And manipulate it into something that's useful for you, and and so in that respect, if you think about how what a mess most databases are, <laughs> and um, and how most marketers and salespeople are spending most of their time flying blind as far as targeting, and and not you know who should we be reaching out to, and then at the next level is what should we say to them. Mm -hmm. in order to mark up a conversation um and and so if you not naming any particular vendors but if you think about the the application of ai toward the problem that we're trying to solve is tremendous and and we're starting to see companies come out that say you know we can we can help you sort your database to make sure that you're prioritizing correctly we can help you to find the right people at the right company, and then actually um, create messaging that's uh, relevant to those people, so that they'll actually reply to your email or mm. your phone call. So, the the potential is tremendous for these tools.
0: That's but yeah, I, I was speaking to somebody about email marketing a little while ago, and they were saying that you know. As good as that could be for emails, you can spot an AI-written email, you know, a badly written AI email from a mile off, though. So perhaps that's a a potential weakness for it. But um, I I want to talk a little bit about sort of um, ad strategy a bit, David. So are there any platforms or channels which are particularly notorious for diminishing your ROI if they're not used correctly at all? Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, I mean, any, any
1: channel... Could diminish your ROI if it's not used correctly, um, and and uh, you know, I the one that that sticks out, and we're we're in the conference business, so um, <laughs> I almost don't want to, you know, say this, but if you do it right, um, the the con- uh, you know, it's, the conferences and attending live conferences can be your best ROI channel. So I'll give a plug first to investing in <laughs> conferences but if you do it wrong um it can really hurt because uh there's a lot of preparation and mm. and best practices that go into making sure that you get the best ROI from attending conferences and having a booth and you know work, uh do, doing the usual sponsorships um and you got to be super careful about making sure that you can maximize that that potential i think
0: hundred percent yeah, the events they can get a little a little pricey, can't they but you know we, we've we see great successes with our a uh, uh, trade show attendance and that sort of thing so mm-hmm. yeah i am I'm, I'm a fan anyway, so okay. <laughs> well, I'll send you the prospectus because
1: we have a lot of why it not
0: <laughs> amazing thanks david that's great Yeah. Um, I mean so obviously my uh sort of expertise my the place where I spend most of my time is, is in in content creation you know indeed we're on a webinar right now. Um how can content creators become the superhero the superheroes of the B2B space and rescue diminishing ROI what's important to include in your content Oh my gosh that's such a good question cuz that's
1: another you know you're you're asking about what where should you really be careful with ROI I think you you can spend a lot of time and and energy in content creation and not get the biggest you know, bang for your buck out of it if it if it, if you don't do it right. So it's a really good question. Um, content creators have a great opportunity in in really understanding the pain points of the potential audience that's out there. And um, not if if I think if you find yourself creating content in order to check a box on on your end that hey we need a blog post today where we need a webinar you know <laughs> we need a podcast, Podcast, then you can kind of go down a, a path that 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 gets away from the audience and and what's important to them and how you could potentially help them and and then potentially help your company you know to um, get more leads and and pipeline out of the content that you're creating so I, I think the real opportunity is as a content creator, becoming an expert in the problems that your potential audience is trying to solve. Understanding that, talking to them, um, talking to customers, talking to your customer success people, and um, and your prospects, and really understanding that day in the life um, and 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 the problems that they're trying to tackle, and then using that to create content that's super relevant and helpful for people.
0: Mm. I mean, I, I do hope that you know we sort of aspire to do that sort of thing, you know, to add value with our webinars. And yes, we we said you know we have our amazing superhero creative and and that everything which looks incredible but we do genuinely want to offer out as many like you know tips and tricks on any sort of number of topics so yeah no 100% completely uh completely sympathize with the uh with the thinking there David um definitely yeah I mean I would go back to
1: your team and be like um when is the last time that we talk to our customers talk to our prospects talk to our customer success people who get all the complaints (laughs) <laughs> and have to listen to all the negativity all the time. And and are we are we posting things that's helpful to this audience that they rely on and they want to keep going back and subscribe to your newsletter and they can't wait to hear from Lead Forensics. You know? <laughs> they're, they're, they're helping me so much every day. I can't live without this. Like all these <laughs> 10 other newsletters, I don't care about those because they're just... Obviously, an AI, you know, (laughs) creative, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, the opportunity is awesome, you know.
0: Well, I mean, just to stick to the, uh, you know, the idea of speaking to customers and that sort of thing. So how can customer centricity save the day for marketing outright? How do you leverage, you know, social proof and that sort of thing?
1: Oh, my gosh. It's so, so critical. And, you you know, if you've read like Robert uh, Caldini's uh, Influence, which is a classic in this topic and I recommend everybody listening read this book um you know that that social proof gives you the 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 um forward momentum in understanding I think I'm making a good decision in talking to these people and um based on the logos that I see and the reviews and the the um you know uh, positive feedback from people that that look like me I not necessarily the face, but they're just they're in the same industry and they're in the same position and they got amazing results from working with this company. Oh, my gosh, like this is a no brainer Um, on the on the flip side. If there's no social proof and you're, uh, you know, you look at it and you go, I don't see anything similar to what I'm trying to solve. Um, I don't see any people that are kind of in my level and in my position and um there's no reviews and stuff it's like i mean these days um you know i wouldn't go to a restaurant uh if if i looked and there was no information no reviews or stars or anything about it um and so making a major b2b software purchase you know i mean come on you got to get with the program here
0: a hundred percent i mean you know we've uh, we previously've won quite a few sort of g2 awards and g2 badges and it's always those moments where i'm most proud to like work for Lee forensics is when i see we're you know number one for um visitor identification tools number one in you know we're in the top 100 companies uh, top 100 b2b companies last year it was that was that was that was an amazing achievement i was hugely proud of that one so i 100% agree dave mm, One of the, um this is a a consistent um sticking point or, you know, a super weakness, if you like, you know, in the conversations I have on these webinars and podcasts and that sort of thing. It's the, it's forging that alliance between sales and marketing. So how do you go about creating that, that team unity, sort of that team headspace to better, to better safeguard your ROI?
1: I mean it's it's really hard. Um you know and and I'm sorry to keep I'm a consultant, right? So I keep going back to it depends on the company. <laughs> <laughs> um but but I'll just you know generally um as a business owner, you would hope that everyone is rowing in the same direction and we're all trying to create pipeline and revenue so that we can hit our number and we can keep growing and everybody's happy but but really what what happens in practice is um we fall into silos and 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 uh, and heads down and we're trying to hit the metrics that our boss you know gives us to hit and so a lot of times that's not aligned across marketing and SDR and sales and customer success and so it becomes very disjointed you know, and and in this case, I mean, you talk about ROI. If the marketing team is investing in this really fancy uh, uh, event that's happening in London, and you know, you got to fly everybody out, and it costs a fortune, um, but is not interacting with the SDRs and the sales team to coordinate who they're going to talk to, what's the plan, what are we going to do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, And then how are we going to measure the ROI? Um, You could see how, um, you know, it could be a huge waste of time and money. Mm -hmm. So uh, the answer is, it's just, I wish that it was easy to say, but it's really, it comes down to project management across um, silos that don't necessarily report to each other. And having somebody who can run a a aligned go-to-market project across you know various uh silos and uh be able to execute on that and, mm. and it's really hard
0: yeah it's it's not i guess that's why it keeps coming back up david is because it's not easy so <laughs> um, are not sorry say you're
1: make the big bucks right yeah.
0: or that's win, it if, if, if we if you and i david if we can go and solve that one we'll be millionaires next year it'll be absolutely fine right <laughs> We'll be doing this webinar from the beach. <laughs> Sipping on a cocktail. Absolutely love it. That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, David, I, I'm going to have to, I, unfortunately, I'm going to have to start to wrap up our conversation here. You have offered up so many great, valuable tips and, and insightful tricks to uh, to help our audience you know, maximize their, their ROI. Uh, I'm going to come to you in, in a second, David, for one final thought. You've provided us with loads of takeaways to help us avoid and destroy the marketing grim ROI reaper. But if I could just ask you for just one top tip, one absolute golden rule that you want everybody watching this to take away with them today, what is that most important tip?
1: Yeah, I would say drop everything right now and uh, find some customers at your company, or and especially if they're dissatisfied customers <laughs> who didn't get what they needed. And and set up a a thirty minute you know uh, call, uh, buy them a cup of coffee, and uh, you know you could send them a gift card and do it over Zoom, and um, ask them a lot of open ended questions about what what their challenges are, what are they working on, what are they trying to solve, and um, you know do this, let's say with ten people. Um, and see if you can start to pick up clues. And and um, I, it, this is a mind-blowing exercise because you, you you might realize your marketing and your spend and what you've been doing has been going down this path over here. But actually, what people care about and what they will interact with you and give you money for um, is over here. Um, and so, and it costs you, you know, a hundred bucks um, and some time. So it's, that's my challenge for you today.
0: But yeah, it may cost you a hundred bucks and a few cups of coffee, but you'll get some valuable stuff back. You know, you, you they're called blind spots for a reason, aren't they? If you can't see them in your company, but your customers can, then absolutely it's worth leveraging that, isn't it? So, um, David, thank you once again for sharing your B2B superpowers with us here today. Remember to keep an eye on Lead Forensic Socials for news of our upcoming webinars, and we will see you again very, very soon. David, once again, thank you so much. On how to get your ROI right now. Remember to subscribe, your country, podcast, review, and and subscribe to the Podcast for every And give us a to We'll be back next week with another episode of the video.